Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. Guys, I am sitting here with Wendy Speak and this is the interview you do not want to hear, but you need to hear. Um, This is a conversation we are going to have about Wendy's latest book called The 40-Day Social Media Fast. And I am so excited to dive into this. Wendy is also the author of the 40-day sugar fast and co-author of Triggers, Exchanging Parents' Angry Reactions for Gentle Biblical Responses. I think I need all three of those books in my life. Um, So I'm excited to dive into this conversation, Wendy. Wendy, can you tell me just a little bit more about yourself, just for people who are not familiar with you? Yeah, absolutely. It was fun to hear that little intro there because I was like, oh, we could camp out there. Oh, we could camp out there. Oh, wait, no, we're here to talk about social media. But um, I'll tell you a little bit about me and I'll I'll maybe tell you kind of how we got to social media through Triggers and the Sugar Fast, ah, yes. a bit of a story. Um, so my name's Wendy. I have three teenage sons. We live in Southern California. Uh, there's a dad living in the house too. That's my husband. And um, we enjoy the beautiful weather and my kids love to surf and do water polo. We're, we're, we're Southern Californians. I love the sunshine. Uh, vitamin D helps me stay mentally healthy. Um, because that's really important too. So we'll talk about mental health later on, I'm sure as well. So that's a bit about me. Love it. Now tell me, let's just dive right in. Sure. Social me- the social media fast is not your first book. Your first book was Triggers. And right. tell me kind of how we got here. Like, where did this all start? Yeah. Triggers really, I, I'd love to say that I'm really smart and man, I, I hit the felt need of people because I really am. I'm just so smart, but it's really that I struggle and I need Jesus. And I'm always looking for where in my struggles, does God have the answer? Is God the answer? And I was leading a group of specifically moms who struggle with reactionary, angry, um, angry, (laughs) not gentle responses to their kids. I was co leading this group with Amber Leah. And one day in this Facebook group, ironically, in a private Facebook group, I said, so what are your triggers? And I didn't need to explain what a trigger was. They're like, why can't they get their shoes on and get in the car? And the the talking back and the constant whining and the sibling rivalry. And my husband's traveling for work. I'm really going it all alone. I thought I was going to have more help. I'm lonely. Someone's always, you know, I could go on and on. And they did in the comment thread go on and on. And the next day, Amber Leah said, instead of helping you get your kids to obey so that you don't have to be angry, let's take these common triggers one at a time. Let's take them to God's word and let's really find out about what God wants to teach us, how he wants to do a work in us so that we can do right even when our kids do wrong. So that's the first one, triggers. And then in that same group one day, I said, so guys, hey, again, not being super smart, just throwing out an idea. What would happen if we fasted from sugar for 40 days? How would that physical, physiological detox make it so that we're more calm and kind and consistent? And when the kids do wrong, we can stay and we can look at them and go, hey, you're melting down. Guess what? I'm not because I'm not waking up and reaching for sugar to get me through the morning and then reaching for sugar to get me through the afternoon. And we all went, wow, that was incredible. I really was calmer and kinder and not only more consistent, but more Christ-like. But is it possible that this isn't a physical detox? Maybe this is a spiritual fast. Maybe instead of turning from sugar high to sugar high, we need to be turning to the most high. And then we went deeper and deeper. And during the sugar fast, I said, okay, what are you turning to, to get you through your days? Yes, you're turning to sugar. What else? And in mass, they responded. I responded, it's my phone, it's screens, it's social media, it's it's 
Amazon Prime when I'm feeling like I got an empty self, maybe not an empty shelf, but I just need to, I just need to fill that hole. And it's, um, it's binge watching episodes of Gilmore Girls. Goodness, I've seen the whole thing two times through. I don't need to watch that. And this is us. And I'm missing out on the life of this is us because I'm watching other people's lives online. And so that's how we got here. It's really been one story where I've just flowed from one topic to the next. I love that. I love that you were talking about sort of the the three o'clock, what are we reaching for? Um, mm-hmm. And I shared in an earlier episode this summer as we were talking about health, that in the spring, I really felt like I keep all of the the goodies and the treats up high. And so whether that is the wine bottle or the chips, the things that I have felt like those things are the things that are going to give me some ease or comfort, mm-hmm. I would reach up high and God would be like, what are you reaching for? What she said, what he's saying is reach higher, <laughs> reach higher. Uh, it was just this deep conviction of, yeah. you know, you're reaching for these, these things when you should be reaching for me. Yeah. And so I think so many people can relate to that. And just even that idea, like you said, reach higher, that idea of looking higher, looking up when we are so conditioned to look down. And um, looking down, bowing down, and yet not praying. Right. You know, but we're always sort of bowed. Yeah. What a, what a strong image yeah. that is. Yeah. And I think part of the idea I was sharing with Wendy before we started that my husband and I are um, doing this whole 30 sort of cleanse right now. And one of the things I often find whenever we are fasting from something is that it really reveals to us what we have been reaching for or what has had a hold on us, even those things that are surprising. And so for you, whether it's been the sugar fast or the social media fast, what have you found for women that they have found freedom in even beyond these things? You know, it's interesting. You said it has a hold on them. And especially with sugar, I hear people say, um, it's a stronghold. Have you heard that term? This is a stronghold in my life or, or alcohol. It's a stronghold. Even, even the way I turn to coffee can be a stronghold or the way I turn to absolutely everyone else online um, is a stronghold in my life. It's got a hold on me. And I'm reminded that God refers to himself as our stronghold. He says, I'm your refuge. I'm your strength. I'm your stronghold. Like you're actually supposed to, when you're under attack, run into a stronghold and be protected and held safe. And when we are in the midst of of trials, if we run into that cabinet, if we run into that bottle of wine, if we run into our social media apps, if we run into our pantry, if we run through the line at Chick-fil-A for another sweet tea, if we run, if we run, if we run to the wrong thing that is not our stronghold, it will become a stronghold in our lives. And so that's what, that's what I'm seeing. And I think that's how we get there is repeatedly, repeatedly turning to something or someone other than the one who said, hey, come to me when you're weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest for your souls. Now, those chips and salsa, while good, they're not there to alleviate the stress and give your soul rest. And if you turn to it, it won't get the job done. What would you say to the person who feels like, because I think one of the things I would be thinking and listening to this is, yeah, but it's not really a problem for me. Like mm-hmm. this, is, this is what I would say is I would say sugar, it's not really a problem for me. Like I have a, I have a savory uh, Ben. So, you know, that's not really an issue for me or like, I will never, ever write the 40 day cheese fast. I (laughs) promise you right now. (laughs) Go on. That's totally for me. So what about the person who's like, who's basically saying, I don't think I have a huge problem or is saying like, what if I just try better instead of doing a fast? Like, I want to know what's the power of doing the actual fast versus just trying a little bit harder. Sure. Well, with sugar, it'll doing, doing the whole 30 is going to change your diet, but doing a fast is going to change your life. When you say, I'm going to, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to stop turning to that bowl of ice cream at the end of the day. Cause I need a win. Uh, and because it makes me happy and because it's something that my husband and I enjoy doing on the couch together after the kids are down, I'm going to stop turning to that, but I'm not going to crowd out what I'm turning to by giving myself more, you know, snap peas and hummus, I'm going to turn to God instead of vegetables. I mean, yes, we're going to eat more vegetables, but 
instead of crowding out sugar with better eating, we're crowding out sugar with our sweet savior, with his sustaining word, with more time with him. I'm not encouraging people to say, I'm going to stop focusing on sugar. I'm going to start focusing on sugar-free food options. No, no. I want you to come to see Christ as the only option. And the same is true with social media. Thanks for the conviction, Wendy. No, seriously. Thanks for the conviction. I'm going to set some better boundaries. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to make sure I put down my phone from, you know, dinner time till bedtime for the kids. I am going to be fully present. Thanks for the conviction. You know, I'm going to set a timer so that my Instagram turns off after an hour. Thanks for the conviction. I'm setting better boundaries and a digital detox. It'll, it'll change some things. Your mental health will improve. Your relationships at home may get better, but if you really want to change your life, that's the difference between a diet or a detox and a fast is we are turning, we're turning from social media and we are getting social with the Lord and it's going to spill over into our other social flesh and blood right there in front of us relationships. I love that. I love that idea of the, the fast is going to change your life and mm-hmm. that really it will both reveal um, some idols or some strongholds you've had in your life and begin to break those down. And so what have you seen with um, women as they have gone through this process? Like what have they, what have they experienced in their lives in terms of freedom? Yes. Um, well, there's so much freedom that comes when you spend time with the one who came to give you freedom. And when we spend time turning to other things, um, as a byproduct, we spend less time turning to the one who is our freedom giver, right? It's kind of like peace. Gee, I've really been lacking peace. Well, hello, 2020, right? Haven't we all? But are you turning within, you know, COVID quarantine? Are you turning to comfort foods or are you turning to the comforter? Are you turning to the, all the online conversation? Everyone in the world wide web, but not the one who made the world and holds it securely in the palm of his hand? Are you turning to um, the news, but you're not turning to the good news? There is freedom and there are testimonies of people saying, wow, talk about bondage breaking. And I wanna say, well, it's because you turn to the bondage breaker. I think a lot of the people who end up doing this fast are, are Christians. I get a lot of messages from not only Christians, but people say, you know, I was raised by a pastor. I married a pastor. I'm the women's minister director and never ever in my life have I experienced the presence and the power and the person of Christ so close in my life. I'm like, you were fasting, you were turning, you were returning. And I hear from people a lot. They say, whether it's sugar or social media, I'm just so sad for the first week. I'm just so sad. And I say, that's wonderful. Be sad. You've been turning to something or someone or some things other than Christ to get you through your day. He said, follow me. And you're following everybody else. You're returning to him. In Joel 2, uh, we're told that God invites us, return to me with fasting and with prayers and with mourning and with tears. And so we want to say, well, God, in your presence is full of fullness of joy. I'm fasting. I should be happy. You know, that first couple of weeks, you might be sad because you recognize, wow, I sure have been available to everybody online, but I have not been available to you. Yeah, I'm opening my Bible app in the morning. I'm reading the verse of the day. I turn it into a graphic. I share it online. And then I go online for the next hour and a half. Lord, I, I feel bad. This is, this is conviction that leads to repentance, which leads to following you. You know, that re- word repentance means I'm going to do a 180. So I'm turning around now, I'm following you. And that will mean I'm with you, which means in your presence, it's fullness of joy. I'm going to, I'm going to end up there. But the testimonies I often hear are, I feel, I feel bad before I feel better. Yeah. That's so good, Wendy. I love that you just brought up that idea of being closer to God and having his presence. And I think for so many people, they can say, God feels so distant. He feels so far away. And the picture you painted um, there of opening your phone first thing in the morning. And like you you said, it's we're expecting um, to have this deep connection with God when we're we're just biting this this verse, this one little thing of the day and hoping that's going to feed us or sustain us. And yet we're hungry 
all, we're really starving all day long for him. And we were walking around famished when he's like, I have this feast available for you. You actually have the time to spend with me, but you have made these other choices. And so yes. I love- you, you just use the word feast. And that really was, is what a fast is about. It's, and I'm talking about the literal fasting of food. We think that God's called us as a spiritual discipline to fasting. But what he's really using fasting for is that he would bring us closer to himself, that we might feast on his presence, feast on his word, and that, because that's going to sustain us. So he says in fasting, set down that that you're feasting on. And goodness, don't we gobble up social media. Set down something temporary that you're ingesting, that you're gobbling up and feast on me. I'm eternal. I'm satisfying. I'm sustaining. I'm going to carry you through. I'm going to be present. And he really, he's never gone anywhere, Jacqueline. We say, gosh, God feels so far off. And I, you and I are looking at each other while we have this conversation over Zoom and nobody else can see us. But, you know, I keep putting my hand up, right? If you're, if you're putting up your screen, you can't see. You can only see what's in front of you. You're bent over, you're looking down, your, your face is in your phone or in your laptop or you know, you got a phone in one hand and a fork in the other. I mean, you, you really got a lot of stuff you're shoving into your eyes and ears and, and brain and heart. And God's saying, look up. And so much of the social media fast, it's broken into 40 um, days. Actually, both the sugar fast and social media fast are actually broken into 41 days. Because on 41, day 41, I say, okay, the fast is through, but the feast shouldn't be. The feast shouldn't be through. The feast should never end. And if you forget to feast, fast again in order to remember to feast. Whatever it is you're turning to in lieu of him. But I want to read this, um, this message translation of Colossians 3. It says, um, don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is see things from his perspective. He's right there. He's right there. And yet we're shuffling along, eyes to our phones, eyes to the ground, literally looking down. And he's saying, come on, guys, look up. Let's fast in order to look up. Yeah, that's so good. I feel like Wendy has shared such a um, such an invitation, mm -hmm. such a beautiful picture as to um, why this social media fast um, could be so, so beneficial. And I want to shift a little bit from there, just getting to some of the practical and some of the questions or even some of the excuses that I can hear yes. people saying. And so one of them I feel like is, Wendy, we're in COVID right now where we can't actually see people. And so social media feels like my lifeline. How right. do I practically stay connected to people? How do I see people when I'm I mean, it's different across the board where what we're allowed to do. Where you um, live, what your own personal, you know, comfort zone is for sure. Everyone's having a different experience, but we're, most of us, at least here in Southern California, where I am, we're still, we're doing all of our, our church going online. Bible studies are meeting online. Uh, lots of them, not for everybody. Some people are making other choices, but uh, even, you know, we're, we're having this conversation leading up to Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving's pretty much been canceled here in California. So I hear your question. Um, so let's talk about that for COVID related. And then maybe we'll talk about the excuse of, but I work online. So there's always going to be an excuse. And we are so connected online that I just want to challenge you that maybe you're disconnected. So how do you figure out what things you have to do or what things are healthy relational um, connections or good work connections that you need to do or you really feel need to be a priority and then fast everything else. If you're getting online for church and you've got a, an outline for church to download, well, hop online, <laughs> download your out outline, print one up for every member of your family. If you have another family that you're doing things with, um, during, during this, this second wave, or is it third wave? I don't even know what wave it is, but that you're spending time with, maybe you, you, uh, do some school with them and you get together for, um, dinner once a week, invite them to do church with you. So you're do doing it online, but you're also having that face-to-face -face interaction and print, 
print a copy up for them too. So you can do that. And if your women's Bible study group is meeting online, figure out when that is. And just because you hopped onto that Zoom call or into that Facebook group, you might say, but everything beyond those couple of things, I'm fasting. Maybe your child's um, soccer practice schedule is in a Facebook group there too, you know, and everyone shares pictures from practice and, and their scrimmages because they're not doing real games right now. Um, maybe you want to reach out to the people and say after practice, I know it's getting cold in the evenings, but I'm going to bring hot cocoa and um or everyone bring your own snack if you that makes you feel more comfortable. But let's try to make flesh and blood relationships happen. And then all that, that time you're turning to Instagram, Facebook, Amazon Prime, maybe even Amazon Prime for your music and your nightly binge watching on Netflix, say that stuff, I'm laying that down. So if there are some things you need to do, um, Take that to the Lord. With a sugar fast, I never give a what to eat and what not to eat. If they really want it, Jacqueline, honestly, I tell them, go get, you know, the whole 30. She'll tell you what's good to eat and what's not to eat. I'm saying gobble up Jesus. But I say, take the details of the fast to the Lord. And I'm doing the same thing with this online fast. So yes, COVID has made it difficult to social media distance because we're social distancing. But, you know, we all said at the beginning, we're doing this to flatten the curve, the bell curve, right? Isn't that what it was called? Let's, let's spend two weeks flattening the bell yeah. curve. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the two weeks to be over, but is it possible God's using a bell and he's, he's saying, I'm going to use this time. I'm ringing the bell. I'm calling you not to more social, but to social with me. And the real life flesh and blood people right there in your midst. So yes, we have excuses. Yes, some of them are very good and real. So do those things. And for the one that's saying, but I work online. Jacqueline, you need to be online to some extent because you send out your, your podcast, you post your graphics on, on Instagram. You say, hey guys, listen to this. You're encouraging people to download a podcast. There is some work you need to be doing. I want to ask you, is it possible that you can make sure that everything posted successfully in the morning and you hop off? And then either you or an assistant can get off, get off back on in the afternoon and you, you put a heart and somebody says, hey, this was really good. It met me here. And you say, let me pray for you. And you pray and then you hop back off and you don't need to exercise your thumb, right? You're exercising some self-control, but really we don't have the self-control for this, but we need God control in it. So yes, great, great questions. Throw some more. Let's knock those down too of why we can't do this. So good. Well, I love that you did address uh, the issue for people who have uh, some work online. Yeah. And I love that you said, do what you have to do, fast everything else. And the one thing I would say right now, my husband and I are in this really uh, tight financial push. So I, in some ways it feels like we are financially fasting and we're doing this whole 30 and the way that we are being successful in these things is that we actually spent a lot of time planning and preparing mm -hmm. and asking the questions what if this happens what if this happens and so the reason we did that is we just said hey we want to actually be successful in this and so one of the things we have done this summer we got a home phone uh, which we haven't had for about eight years because we said you know we want to be able to turn our phones off Mm. And yet still have the people in our lives be able to have access to us. We want to have the school have access to us. And so there are a number of things that we can do, that we can be creative in um, to say, you know what, I think I'm ready. And and I know that there are especially um, some moms listening right now who feel like you go to bed at night, your head hits the pillow and you feel like, I spent way too much time staring at my screen and not my kids' eyes and just feeling again and again that sense of guilt. And you know, as you're listening, something has to change. I have to do something different. And so um, the next question I have for you, Wendy, is when people have gone through this, because I think for, for some of them, for, for us, the financial push, the whole 30, I... I started going to this gym before they shut it down. All of those things were for me going, I have to do something different. I am yeah. sick of doing the same thing and expecting different results. And so um, I think there are going to be people who are going to take this on because they're going to hear this. They're going to say, I, I have to do this for the sake of my kids, for the sake of my yeah. mental health. I have to do this. And so when they have come through this, how do you 
encourage re-entry and what does that look like for people to you, have? You give them me, Jacqueline, because you just talked about like three different things. I'm like, oh, let's talk about those things. Can I just real fast talk you to can, you? You can 100%, 100%. Can I be like, I'm not going to answer your question. I'm going to talk about what I want to. 100%. Um, <laughs> yeah. I got a message from a, a woman the first time that I invited everyone to join me for the 40-day social media fast. She sent me a message afterwards. She said, Wendy, my kids saw my face. I saw my kids' face and I enjoyed them more. And I, this was a woman that started following me because of, because of the conversation about triggers. What are our triggers? And I said, is it possible, Sarah, that you enjoyed them more? Not because you were distracted, but you enjoyed them more because they were more enjoyable. Because they didn't have to get your attention with negative behavior. Maybe they felt safe within your, I, I just see your face or I wish everyone could see your face. You're like, uh -huh, you know, totally. our children need our attention. And so if they're not getting our attention, they will do whatever it takes to get our attention. Is it possible that giving your children your intention, they don't have to get our attention and everyone just is more enjoyable. It is possible. Not, it's more than possible. It's what's happening. So if you're a mom and you're listening to this and there's behavior issues and you are so sick and tired of losing your temper over like the same thing, but you also sick and tired of going to bed and feeling guilty about, you know, escaping behind your phone. When, when things, when their behavior is wrong, it actually perpetuates the cycle of, oh, I can't handle this. I need a handful of chocolate chips in one hand. I need my phone. I'll be in the bathroom. I'll be out in 15 minutes. As though that's going to make us, oh, I don't know, be able to cope with stress better. But you know what happens when you're eating that sugar? You're not able to cope with stress better. It's releasing, it's releasing um, endorphins and you're getting all kind of hyped up and then that, cause there's caffeine in it too. And then you crash because you're telling your adrenal glands, oh no, I'm under stress. All that adrenaline just released into my body. So you're getting that, that, that nice dopamine release that's gonna calm you back down and make you feel happy. And so then you're wearing out your adrenal glands and you're less able to cope with stress and you're on your phone. And being on your phone to deal with stress does not make you more prepared to come back and deal with family stress. What if you just set it down for 40 days and said, I'm just going to be present with you, God. And I'm going to be present with the real life flesh and blood people you've put before me as, a, as my worship, as my, as my job, as my way of saying, I love you, God, thank you. And let's stop feeling so dang guilty at bedtime. Yeah, we're going to mess up. We need a perfect savior. We're going to mess up. But if you are having the exact same feelings of guilt about losing your temper and hiding behind your phone, set it down for 40 days. Let's set down the guilt too. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So let's get in Christ and out. Sometimes it takes getting out of your apps to get into Christ. So good. Can I, can I tweet that? Yeah, you can tweet it. I, I don't have a Twitter. when you're online. <laughs> I don't have a Twitter, but I would. Uh, get out of your apps and into Christ. Okay, I love that you talked about that. Um, but you asked, how do we get ready then for re-entry? Yeah. I think, you know, we start, we started talking about, everyone's like, okay, thanks, Wendy. I can't do it, but, but I'll definitely set some more boundaries. So as we near the end of this conversation, but as we near the end of our fast, remember I said there's actually 41 chapters, 41 days. There's short daily readings. I have 41 days so that, you know, keep on going, keep on feasting, even when you're not fasting, but in the days leading up to it, I say, okay, but how are you going to put boundaries, not only on your phone use, not only your screen use, but on prioritizing time with Christ and time with your real people, what's that going to look like? So here's my number one. It's, I, I love pithy statements. I love catchy phrases. And I've been saying with our kids for the last couple of years, the word before the world, because I've got three teenagers and they go and pick up their phones and their, you know, their laptops and their everything. And they open up the World Wide web before they open up to the one who made the world. So I say the word, get in the word every day before you open yourself up to the whole wide world and everyone on it. So the word before the world, that's my first boundary. And if I knew that I was going to be talking with you this morning at 915 and I was feeding all my people and making sure that I, you know, led my kids in the word and I better get up and get moving with my priorities, but I'm not going to open myself up to you, Jacqueline and all your friends here until I've spent time with the Lord. So that's, that's boundary. Number one boundary. I don't know. That's what I'm calling it. Life 
life skill is what I often say to the boys. Like these aren't rules, they're life skills. You can live life free and abundantly. Okay, number two, this one is so huge. Remember how I said, maybe you wanna make the boundary, set the boundary. Okay, from dinner time till the kid's bedtime, phones are down because I want to be present with my people. What if instead of choosing when you're gonna put your foot down, I'm sorry, put your foot down, put your phone down. Let's put our foot down yeah. by putting our phones down. What if instead of choosing when to put the phone down, you choose, you're in charge, when you're going to pick your phone up? It sounds like the same thing, totally different. But you're saying, I'm going to live my life connected to you, Lord. I'm going to live my life connected to the people in my home and my neighbors. And when I'm in line at the grocery store, I'm not going to be online at the grocery store. I'm going to be available to be the light of the world. I don't mean a pixelated reflection of my screen. I mean the light of the world because I've spent time with you, God. So instead of choosing when I'm going to keep my phone put away, I'm going to choose when I'm going to pick my phone up because there is, there is work to do. There are things to check in on. There are connections I want to make with my mother-in-law and send pictures of the kids. And there's a lot of good out there. So pick up your phone, open up your laptop at that time where you do it every day rather than all throughout the day. Because I think we hear that, that call to pray without ceasing. We're like, what does that even mean? Right? Who does that really? Come on. And I think it means be connected with me without stopping. So we might not know what that looks like with our Lord, but we sure know what it looks like these days with our phones. It's always in our hands or our back pocket. We're always connected. So let's figure out when's that limited time we want to open up our connection to everybody else so that we can pray without ceasing, live connected to him without ceasing and be connected to everybody else in a ceaseless sort of way in our flesh and blood world. Oh, so good. I love that you were um, just talking about this idea of doing something at the same time. And I think there, every time you fast from something, you are way more aware of what you are doing habitually. So I was just reminded of in university, I had this awesome girls Bible study and we decided for Lent, we were gonna fast music. Mm -hmm. No, so that's no a big, one. yeah, I was like, no big deal. But every time I got in my car, my hand would reach forward to turn the radio on. And it was this, I just kept feeling this knee jerk, almost like this, my arm was jerking out. Habitual. And then I'd have, it was habitual. I had to pull back and I was like, oh, that's so interesting that I have this. And I noticed for myself years ago, before Instagram, when I was on Facebook, um, I would reach for my phone and I would be, it was almost like my thumb had its own agenda. It yeah. would be pulling up my phone for no reason at all. My brain had not said, hey, you know what we should do right now? We should really intentionally see what's going on in the world. No, I would pull up my phone and click on Facebook. And before I knew it, I was habitually scrolling. So it really is. I ended up deleting the Facebook app, um, which I now have back on that I use for work purposes. Mm -hmm. um, but it um, it really did show me how how much I went back to it, even when it was gone, that I, it took a while to sort of break that habit. So I love that idea of, um, you know, as we go through this fast, we become so much more aware of, and that's what I'm even noticing in this few days of this whole 30 is that, um, there are things I didn't think that I had a problem with, but there's just these moments where again, in the afternoon, uh, it may not be the handful of uh, chocolate chips, but I'm like, oh, I really want to warm something like a chai latte or something that I'm like, yeah. yeah, do I, can I go for tea? I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's just that, uh, and I, I hear what you're saying as well. It's not necessarily even just the replacing with the, the better option, right. but, but what does it look like to actually, what I've found is in those moments where, where I'm reaching for something or I'm feeling that something inside of me that's the invitation like that's the moment where god's like come to me come that's to the me. invitation yeah and he does, he doesn't just give the invitation to his close companions once he says come to me when you're weary and heavy laden hey follow me and then he'll say again follow me. Then he invites us, come to him on the waves, right? Just like Peter, come to me. Like over and over, he's giving this invitation. But you know what he also says? Someone says, hey, how, how do we follow you? He says, if you want to follow me, you're going to have to deny yourself. 
pick up your cross and follow me. And none of us, I mean, if there were ever another, just one more 40 day fast that I write, I would love to do a 40 day self fast. Like, what does that mean? Because we don't deny ourselves any impulse. Our stomachs are our gods. Our impulses are our gods. That habitual stuff that, but I turn to it and I want it and I want it now. I mean, I remember back in the day when we used real film in our cameras, there was like an hour, you know, get your 60 minute photo developing, right? And then the person next door to them opened up a Photoshop with 30 minutes or less. And then it was 29 minutes. There was a place near my house when I was a kid that boasted 29 minutes, you know? And I just think we don't deny ourselves anything. You talked about the habitual practice of picking up your phone and then going, oh wait, or reaching for your, your, um, your music uh, in your car. When people order the 40 day social media fast, I tell them right in the opening page to the book, hop on over to 40daysocialmediafast.com and I've got these downloads for you. I've got scripture memory cards, but one of my favorite things is they're screensavers that you can put on your phone because you're gonna pick up your phone. And I want, when you pick up your phone to see a screensaver that says, don't follow them, follow me, you yes, know? So good. So I, I agree, it's just habitual. After a while, your body just right. naturally does it. Well, that was, um... This summer, we we had decided to basically pull back. We really wanted to have this unplugged summer, and um, and we tried to come up with ways to sort of plan around it. And some of it worked really well. Some of it not so much. Some of it felt like I wouldn't say a fail, but a really learning experience in trying to figure out how to. You know, it is a process. And so I may I had made my own screensaver, and I we sat down one night, and we were just coming up with words like, "What did we really want?" And mine just said. Um, untethered. I don't know if you can see it here. Oh, maybe it's, it says untethered and deeply rooted. Mm. My, my light's not going to show that. I love, I love uh, the imagery of being rooted. I just think it's absolutely awesome. I think of Psalm one that says that, um, that when we follow him, we don't follow along, follow along, right. With absolutely everybody else who's wicked and giving you poor counsel. But when we, when we're planted beside streams of living water, we're going to be fruitful. And that's the fruit of God's spirit in our lives. It's more than just, Hey, I'm going to make more money. It's I'm going to have a fruitful life. No, it's like, I'm going to have the fruit of God's spirit in my life. When I am rooted, when I'm deeply rooted and what is something that we're deeply rooted in? It's really where we give our time, where we get a, give our affection and our, our attention to it. Um, I would say a lot of us are rooted in our phones rooted in those online relationships and not so rooted in the things we say matter most. A lot of us say, God, you matter most, but we pick up our phones more. We're more rooted there. Yeah. With their um, mouths, they, um, what's that verse? They proclaim God, but with their actions, they deny him. Yeah. Um, Now I have one more question for you. Um, Teenagers. Yeah, got those. You, you have teenagers. <laughs> How have you navigated the world of social media with them? That's a great question. Um, you know, specifically for the moms listening, you follow Christ. You follow Christ and you invite your children to follow you. So two things out of that. The first is how are you modeling your relationship with your phone? And I'm talking also when you're in your car, what's the law? What's the smart thing to do? Just keep your phone in your purse. Use the GPS in your, on your, in your car if you have it. If not, then get it loaded beforehand. The phone rings. You get a text. Wait until you're in a safe place. Pull over. Check it. It's actually against the law to even check a text when you're driving. Even to reach for your screen and hit the button that says, read it to me, is actually against the law. You're not allowed to get pulled over for that. It's called a secondary offense. It means if you're pulled over for one thing and they see you're also doing that, then that's you're in trouble for that too. But they don't just pull everybody over. I think mostly because we're all on our phones when we're driving. But well, I, I bring this up to say, well, yeah. what are you modeling there for your children? Yeah. 
because not they're not only precious cargo when you're driving, yeah. but they will very soon be driving too. And yes. I have one now who is, and he's not even allowed to listen to music when his brothers are in the car with him because he's he's taking the boys a lot of the places right now, which by the way is pretty wonderful, I gotta say. But that phrase, the word before the world, is is our is our go-to phrase. We have another one that we started using. And actually we were just laughing about it. I wish I had brought it out to my office so I could read it to you. But I've been trying to teach them when you wake up, we, we do a B alliteration here. I said, you got it. get in the Bible, get your body ready, get your bedroom ready, and then I'll serve you breakfast. After that, you hit the books. And only when you're done with your books, do you get your buffoon. And if you don't do that, you're, you're a buffoon. And I mean, we're just, we're just laughing. And yeah. my husband said, and you get your butt kicked, but nobody send me an email about that. We're joking. Um, you know, so it's, yeah. we're having conversations. We watch the social dilemma together as a family. Um, as for the nitty gritty about phone use, um, they were, they were teenagers running lots of different directions before they had a phone that went with them sort of wish that we did a, a flip phone, but not really because they don't really get access. Our children are 17, 15, and 13, mm -hmm. and they don't have internet access on their phones. It's kind of like, why'd you pay all that money for a smartphone if it's not even smart? Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know the answer to that, but we did. So they don't have, they don't have um, Safari or any sort of access to the internet. And when they're in high school, um, even as, as early in junior high, if they have a, a group of friends, like a, one of my sons is on a water polo team and there's a lot of sharing on Instagram. If he wants that starting in junior high, I see that's fine, but it's on my phone until you're 17. You can practice being socially connected in this way, but it's on my phone and we scroll through it together. And I say, well, look at that guy giving the bird to the camera. Who's that guy? I don't know. I think he's a friend of a friend and he has to follow me. I said, well, you followed him back. You don't know him. He's given the bird. What do you want to do about that? He said, yeah, I don't need to follow him. I said, well, let him follow you. You can be an influencer, but don't be an influencee, right? Um, so there are things that we do together because I'd rather them learn how to do life online when they're in my home than saying, no, that's not good for you. No, that's not good for you. No, that's not good for you. And away you go. And I've got no say in your life. So my 17 year old only, well, I, 16 is when they get it on their phone. He might've gotten it a little bit earlier if he had shown me that he was making really wise choices and could handle it. So I try to not have rules. It's more based on relationship. And if you show me you're wise, you're making good choices, then maybe we'll put it on your phone earlier. If you stumble, if you struggle, let's put it back on my phone so that you can keep working on it. But God tells us, train up our children in the way they should go online if they're going to be online. Okay, I added those in parentheses. He didn't say that in the word, but, and then do that with them rather than berating them. Oh, you're always online. Oh gosh. Oh my goodness. Why are you making that choice? Why'd you put, can't you write in complete sentences on your posts? Instead of berating them, let's train them in the way to do it. So it comes with modeling and then being engaged with them. So good. Um, one of the conversations my husband and I were having this spring as my um, nine-year-old was saying, hey, when, are, when am I going to get my own phone? It's like yeah. uh, in many, many years, which is, in many moons. which is hard because she has, even at the age of seven, had many friends who had their own phone. And and I, to be honest, I was shocked as she would go to a friend's house and say, mom, this friend showed me a TikTok video. And I was like, uh, sorry, what? And so we, you know, we ended up having conversations so much earlier than I ever would have thought. And I am thankful that my, my oldest is very conscientious and she's, she's going to tell me these things. Um, otherwise hiding it will eat her up inside. Um, oh, that's wonderful. She's made that way. <laughs> although the, the other two, I'm not so sure, but, um, what I really appreciated about what you said, and I, I actually think this is so much harder to do because this actually takes time and effort and work is to, A, there's the modeling. And so we said to our daughter in the spring, we said, mom and dad need to get a handle on our phone usage before you can do that, yeah. right? Like we actually need to, and so she sees, I talked to her about, hey, these these are the dangers. She sees, um, 
if we are looking down. She sees other and I've I've said to her too, how do you feel if you were at this friend's house and they choose to pull out their phone or look at their phone instead of talking to you? She said, I feel bad. I don't like this. And yeah. and she's able to express that at this age. Um, and so I love that you were sharing about the modeling. And for me, that is this deep conviction of what have I been modeling for my kids today, right? So much more is caught than taught. And so that I love that you brought up that idea of, of driving. And my kids are, are young to the point where I'm like, I haven't even thought about them driving right. their own cars. And what would they have picked up on how I drive mm -hmm. my car? So that was such a good thing. And then as you were saying, they have social media on your phone and you, yeah. you are training them and then discussing. Because I think what happens is when we don't have those discussions with our kids they say oh this thing popped up on my phone I I don't know what to do with that 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 feels a bit uncomfortable yeah. but after a while it starts to get normal and so if yeah. we're not having those discussions and empowering them to say I don't have to follow this person I can mute this person I can like all these things they can do that's part of the training so if we're giving them this really mm. powerful um, and destructive platform device yeah um we have to be able to really walk alongside of them and so i love the wisdom you just shared there i know so many moms are going to go okay and and i also want to say to the moms who feel like but i've i've already let my kids do this i've already like they, if they feel too far gone i just want to say to moms again i know this is hard but you are still the mom and you can yeah. change and you can do things and it may be it may be tricky for a little while as you have those hard conversations with your kids ultimately. Yeah. And I think that's so wise. I've never had this conversation with someone during an interview, but I, I think you're so insightful there, Jacqueline. Let's, let's role play that. What would that look like? Um, I actually have another book that I didn't mention in the story, but the follow-up book to triggers is called Parenting Scripts. Mm -hmm. If what you're saying isn't working or you don't know what to say, it really is an invitation to pinpoint that trigger pinpoint that problem area and then write yourself a script. If I were to talk to the kids about this, so I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging us right now, what would that script be for the mom who's let, let the kids just have full access to as many hours of, you know, call of duty and being online with all the different interactions. And you could start by saying, Hey, I want to start this with an apology. I made a choice just, it wasn't trying to do wrong, but I made a choice that I don't think was healthy for you. It wasn't healthy for us as a family, but it wasn't good for you. And so I'm going to make a couple choices and it's going to, you're not going to like it, but I just want you to hear me through on my why. And so for the next two months, we're going to put your, um, your games and your, your um, social media on my phone. And for the first week, we're, you're only doing social media with me as a fun thing we're doing together. Like we're going to scroll together. We're going to laugh together. We're going to kind of just process through the fact that all the girls from the youth group that you go to down by the beach, like all of their posts are in scantily clad bikinis. Like, how are you processing through that? That's not pornography, but oh my word, like how are you working through that? Maybe this is the conversation dad wants to have, but I'm not saying you're going to see that specifically, but whatever it is that comes before you let that be an opportunity to talk through these how do you set boundaries i mean i know that dad and i've put boundaries on your phone or maybe you haven't if you do two and a half hours of scrolling through reels on instagram you don't know what's about to pop up let's say no reels we're going to say no reels for you and also only an hour of social media. So we're going to put a limit on your phone. When this stuff goes back on your phone, there's going to be a limit. It's going to turn off after 60 minutes. And the same is true with, with gaming. So be wise. Don't start a game knowing you're near the end because it's going to turn off. We want you to have that ability, especially during social distancing, when you can't be with your friends, to get online and play a game with them. So you don't want it to shut off in the middle of a game with them. So it's okay to kind of work through what you're going to say and call them and say, I take responsibility. This isn't fair that I'm going back on what I said you could do, but I didn't know. And I'm doing this because I'm trying to protect you and, and learn how to do this better with you. And it's okay to be the bad guy. Yeah. You're a good guy. Well, I think that's so good. I love that you started with the apology, which many of my conversations with my kids I know. Started that I know. Um, and even just that you were able to paint the bigger picture in some ways of saying like, I didn't make this choice that is for your 
best interest and for your health. And and what you were saying before, where you were saying um, it's easy to just say to our kids, oh, you're, you've been doing this too much, or you've been, and almost kind of accusing our kids. And nobody wants to change when they're being accused. No, um, It just heaps on this like shame and this guilt and feelings of confusion. But what we really want to do is we want freedom from our phones and we want that freedom for our kids. And so it, when we have that as the main goal, we are actually going to address it way differently. We're, we are able to, again, the same reason my husband and I are doing this uh, financial push. It's like, we want freedom. And so we can do the hard things because freedom is at the end. That's the end goal. And so that is my hope for people who are listening here that I know um, we're not having an easy conversation, which is why at the very beginning I said, this is not the conversation you really want to hear, but it's the one you need. Um, and I think I, I would I would have a hard time thinking that anybody who's listening really doesn't struggle in some way um, on their phone. I know there are some magical, I have some magical unicorn friends who are not on social media at all and I love them. Um, but I just think there has been so much in this conversation that has been so rich, given people tools, aha moments. And I want to say as well, if you feel a little bit of conviction, if you feel this little pressing on your heart that feels almost bad, like, ah, oh, there's something I want to just say, turn off this podcast and sit with Jesus and just say, Hey, I know things haven't been going well. I know that I've been walking down this path and I've been denying these things or ignoring these things or turning to things other than you. I know you have this invitation for me. And what Wendy said earlier is this confession and this repentance, it just draws us back to him. And so conviction really is his kindness, bringing us so much closer to him. And so if you are feeling that, don't push those feelings away. Don't hop on social media to distract or ignore. Just go spend some time with him. And that is actually going to draw you to this place of freedom. Absolutely. What an invitation. You're right. This is an invitation. Wendy, thank you for being on here. Where can people find you and where can they find your books? I know. Irony of ironies. Huh, find me online before you hop off. Um, I am on Facebook and I am on Instagram when I'm not fasting at Wendy Speak. Um, and that's with an E, W-E-N-D-Y-S-P-E-A-K-E. But if you want to find out more about the social media fast, you can do that at 40daysocialmediafast.com. Um, but you can also find it at Target and Hobby Lobby and Barnes and Noble and, of course, our friend Amazon Prime. Um, and if you want to find out more about the Sugar Fast, we'll be starting another of our annual online fasts starting January 4th. And you can find out more at 40daysugarfast.com. Again, that's the number, not the word 40. And uh, we will be rolling straight from the Sugar Fast this year into the social media fast during Lent. But you don't have to wait because um, I'll do it with you through the pages of this book, 41 short chapters. I love it. Well, thank you, Wendy, uh, for being on here. And I trust this is helpful to move one step closer to thriving. Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend, leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to po podcasts, podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um, if you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener. Or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com. <laughs>